Good morning, Wisconsin. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Political Power Hour with James Wigerson joining us today. James, we're going to talk some politics this half hour. Let's start with uh, the state of the game when it comes to presidential politics. We haven't talked in a while. I used to be on the show, the old show at Radio City, a few years back, three years back, I think. So uh, you, as someone who's written about politics, talks about politics, uh, you can find, I'll give you a link so folks can find your great work in a second here. Somebody who's looked at this for a long time, like me, Give me a sense of what you think 2024 politically, let's start with national level politics, what it's going to look and feel like. So right now, it's 2024 looks a lot like 2020. It's going to be very close. Uh, we're going to see Donald Trump out in the campaign trail uh, sounding uh, as crazy as ever. And, and at the same time, Joe Biden is still going to sound a little old, but he, he should get out on the campaign trail much more than he did in, in 2020, even with his advanced age. Uh, Donald Trump is going to sound a little older, too. He's almost as old as Joe Biden. Uh, it, but we're basically, it's Groundhog Day. We're going to get a re- replay of what happened in 2020, the way it looks right now. Do you think that uh, the the multiple cases, both civil and criminal, that Donald Trump is facing will have any significant impact on the Trump voters. They, they seem to be locked in. They don't really care. They think a lot of this is made up, fake news. You think any of that will have any, any impact, impact? There's some polling that suggests a conviction, which, and we're a long way from that, on a criminal case might influence the, uh, the voters. So where I think it will have an impact is, that, is on those marginal Republican voters. The ones that are diehard Trump supporters, the ones that go to the rallies and they tell the posters that they're going to support Donald Trump, no matter what, uh, they may say that a conviction might change their mind. Instead, I think a conviction will just lock them in even harder. But the marginal Trump voter, the one that that is voting for Trump because they don't trust Joe Biden, they may decide that that they'd rather vote for Biden instead rather than vote for somebody who's been convicted of something. A lot of people ask me but, if, if Trump didn't take the election of 2020 lying down and fought it, still fighting it, still says it's, it's rigged and fake news. What um, what would he do after, after a loss in, in this election? Well, that's a very good question. I think that uh, it's very likely that he is going to fight it tooth and nail. He's going to claim that he's been defrauded in another election. He's going to claim that, uh, that all these prosecutions that he's facing are a government conspiracy to keep him out of the White House again because... They're afraid of what he would do in the White House. And, of course, he has promised retribution that if, if he does get into the White House for anybody who's ever wronged him, uh, I think that if there's any any uh, possibility that the election is close in any state, you can look forward to all the conspiracy theories to return. And, unfortunately, I think this time you have a much more compliant Congress that, so that would go along with it as far as the Republicans go. And uh, the the senior voices are, are leaving the Republican Party right now. So 
there's not as many institutional breaks on them to, to go completely all out nuts. What role do you think the Supreme Court will play in all of this? They are obviously deciding questions like presidential immunity and others related to the Trump uh, avail- uh, ability to get on the, on the uh, ballots in certain states, Colorado, Maine, probably several others, depending on what the Supreme Court says. How much will they impact this election? So I think the Supreme Court will impact the election in, on the case of the on the subject of immunity and allowing that these trials to go forward. I don't see the them interfering with with these trials because if we all remember back to the days of Richard Nixon, there were more than the Supreme Court set the precedents back then that they were more than inclined to allow criminal prosecutions to go through, and that there was no executive privilege. They could shield the president or his administration from a criminal prosecution for a criminal activity. I mean, it's, it's Donald Trump is going to lose on that issue, and that's the influence that the Supreme Court's going to have. Uh, if if I were if I were hopeful and not a betting man, I would hope that the Supreme Court would say that Donald Trump should be disqualified from from being on the ballot, but. Uh, that would be a plain reading of the of the Fourteenth Amendment, but unfortunately, I don't think that the Supreme Court wants to get involved to that level, and they will look for any excuse to stay out of it. Once they've made the decision that the courts can go ahead and, and prosecute Trump, I think that that's the extent that they're going to get involved. Somebody said this to me the other day on the show, and I, it's 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 hard to answer this question because I don't think we know. Is, is are there different rules for Donald Trump versus everybody else that's in politics? Well, yeah. So with Donald Trump, the the crazy is baked in. If any other candidate says anything else that is re, re, in any way close to what Donald Trump would say, they would be in far more trouble than Donald Trump is. For example, when uh, Nikki Haley made her remark about uh, about the uh, the Civil War and the cause of the Civil War, and she didn't mention slavery. She got into a lot more trouble than anything that Donald Trump has ever said about any war anywhere. And, uh, you just you, you kind of look at it with with awe that that the that he can just go from day to day saying the most outrageous things. And I, I wish the media would focus on the outrageous things that he says rather than trying to treat him as if he were a substantive candidate. How much culpability do you give the media? I work in the media. I'm not a journalist, but, I mean, we tell his story. Matter of fact, people say sometimes we talk about him too much. I don't know how you can avoid uh, one of the two principal nominees for the for the uh, office of president, but, I mean, what do you say to those folks? I don't think we talk about him in the right way. I don't think we talk about him in in the sense that he is the leading candidate for the Republican Party, and yet... He has promised to use the full force of the government to punish his political enemies. And that he has basically said that he admires dictators and he would like to be a dictator if he could. And we also don't focus on the on the fact that he is surrounding himself with people that would enable him to essentially do the things that he wants to do that may or may not be legal. He believes that he has the right to even use the, the atomic bomb without any regard to legality. That's what he recently said about Harry Truman. Uh, it's, those are the types of things that I wish that the media would spend more time on 
and less on whether or not Donald Trump is close in the polls, whether or not Donald Trump is going to win his state. You know, fine. He's going to be the Republican nominee. Let's focus on what the on the fact that this guy is unhinged and unfit for office. James Wigerson, former Edward Wright, Wisconsin, currently writes about politics and life called Life Under Construction. Where do folks find that great writing, James? They can find it at jameswigerson.com. Pretty simple. Uh, there's a link there that says become a member that will allow you to subscribe to my newsletter. Otherwise, you can follow some of the other things that I write besides the newsletter and my other public appearances. I'll put his uh, his link on my social media as well. We'll take a break here, James. I want you to think about this one after the break. I get a lot of people, Trump supporters, that say this. I know he's crazy. I know he has all the, all the crazy tweets and all that stuff and, and weird rallies, but I like his policy. I want to get your reaction to that. We'll hear what James has to say after this on WTMJ Now. Welcome back. We're talking to James Wigerson. Life Under Construction is his great writing. He's used to write exclusively about politics. Now he writes about life in general, his, his family, how life and, and the culture affects him, and certainly about politics. So I asked you the question before the, the break, James. The people that say to me, and I'm sure they probably say to a lot of other people, I know he's crazy. I, I, I just disregard the tweets and the social media stuff. I like his policies. What's the right answer to respond to that? Well, my answer would be, what are his policies other than what serves Donald Trump? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. There's there's an attempt by some on the right to create this post-justification for the policies that Donald Trump does pursue. But for the most part, he just kind of pursues what sounds good when he's at a rally. And that's not a way to govern. That's not the way it should be. And I don't see him having a, a real substantial political uh, program. He is a guy that, that has flip-flopped on any number of issues, and it's all about what is best for Donald Trump in the end. It is somewhat fascinating that he's he's considered a conservative by some people, some voters. I would argue he's not really even a Republican, yet here he is, the principal nominee for the nomination for president. I, I don't know if I can reconcile all of that. Well, I, I think he taps into a certain uh, feeling on the right that they've been pushed around, that they, that they don't think that the political system is responding to them, and that there's been a tremendous amount of change in the last 20 years that they haven't been able to adjust to, from everything from having a black president to, to gay marriage to now we've, we've got uh, people... Uh, changing their genders, uh, and that's become more public, and we just, we're discussing those rights, to, to any number of issues. It just seems like there's been this tremendous amount of change, and for the first time we also saw the uh, drugs moving out into the suburbs and into the rural communities with, with meth and with uh, addiction to, to the oxycodone and things like that. So those issues have hit those communities, and now they're fighting back in a way just to inflict pain. And Donald Trump taps into that, and he speaks to that, and he is all about inflicting pain on the other guys because it's the other guys who did it to you. Now, we can define who those other guys are, and what's funny to me is the number of other guys that have served in Donald Trump's administration 
in the last time he was president that that are now turned against him and saying that he should never be president again. And certainly they're the enemies. Or the Mitt Romneys and, and the Mitch McConnells are the enemies. And in fact, they're the ones that are, actually have a conservative agenda. And, and Donald Trump, on the other hand, wants to turn around and, and tax consumers by raising tariffs on Chinese goods. Um, let's talk about Wisconsin. Where do you think Wisconsin's still a ways before our primary, which may or may not mean anything probably in the, the latter category? Um, where do you think Wisconsin falls on Donald Trump for Republicans? Well, I, the, the primary should be over by then. He should, he should have Nikki Haley pretty much um, defeated by then, I would imagine. Uh, as far as this fall, remember we're going to have the re- Republican National Convention here, and I don't think that people realize just how big that is, having that convention here. As somebody who's been to a national convention, I can tell you, you don't spend a lot of time at the convention hall. You spend it all out at the bars and restaurants and at the local events and the parties. All all the state parties have events outside of the convention hall. It's it's a really big deal. Uh, so we're going to ha- have that that nonstop one-week propaganda event towards the end of summer that's going to help boost Donald Trump in this state. Uh, it's going to energize Republican activists. It's going to energize the party. It should probably help them with their fundraising. And it's going to give Donald Trump a real boost and a chance to help take the, the state of Wisconsin this fall. Should be an interesting story here in Wisconsin. As uh, James just said, July, the Republican National Convention, the the next month in Chicago. Every, all Midwest this year, James, because that's, that's sort of an interesting turn of events. Yeah, well, you know, Milwaukee versus Chicago, what more do you want? <laughs> Cubs, Brewers, whatever, we're talking politics, sports, doesn't matter. James Witterson, Life Under Construction is his great writing on all things, including politics. How do they find it again, James? Again, they can go to jameswigderson.com. There's a link there that says become a member. They can subscribe to the newsletter. Otherwise, they can see my other writings that are there as well as my other appearances. And James going to join us uh, every couple weeks talking about politics on Tuesdays here on WTMJ. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me on, Steve.